Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I am Nick Norris, and finally back with me, my co-host, Justin Knight. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, uh, I've really enjoyed that break. Disgusting yeah, that I've got to be like back a, now. You had like a month. That must have been very mm, nice. That we was didn't have nice. last week. We just uh, we couldn't get it together. I didn't want to do another one by myself and my schedule. Oh, you, don't want, weird, you don't want to talk by yourself? No, it's it's hard to sit here and do this for an hour by yourself. It's difficult. Mm. Nobody to bounce off of. Justin, it's the spookiest time of the year. I'm not just talking about tax season. <laughs> it's Halloween. Happy Halloween to you and yeah. your family. I love I love Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did what did you dress yeah. up as this year? Um, I'm just gonna wear a T-shirt tomorrow that as. Uh, I think it's like a picture of Jason, and it's like it has a saying. It says something. It's like the face you make when someone says they don't like Halloween. Okay, that's not interesting, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I understand. Uh, I figured you might uh, you might have a have a witty have a witty little joke about the scariest thing you can be on Halloween as an Auburn fan in twenty twenty two. But that might be what yeah. you're going to say. I should have yeah. been Brian Harson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he wears anything iconic enough to be associated with him. You don't have to like the uh, Nick Saban has a straw hat he used to wear, you know. But like, no, Harson just wears wear that his, orange hoodie. Wears sometimes. He, yeah, he just wears that hat and then a long sleeve Auburn shirt. He'll usually wear some long sleeve, either pullover or just a long sleeve shirt. And I don't have that stupid about, face on the sideline. <laughs> I'm going to talk a lot about Brian Harson later. Uh, he may he may win a TG Emmy this week. Not even for oh, something he that he did on the field. Yeah, always winning. Maybe he's taking on a couple. We'll, have to, we'll have to talk about those later. But we have to get started with some news, though, and it is it is rather sad news. Uh, Vince Dooley, who coached the Georgia Bulldogs in the 1980 National Championship and won the most football games in school history, has died at the age of 90. He peacefully passed away at his home, surrounded by family, Friday afternoon. But 90 years old, that's pretty good innings. So, uh, yeah. Yep, uh, played football at Auburn, and then obviously coached at Georgia for a very long time. So, you know, it was a great player and great coach. Definitely, definitely great. Uh, huge, huge name in the coaching game there in all of college football. Uh, yeah, but but nice that he got to go. You know, it seems like in a in a peaceful way, surrounded by family, probably got to say you know his goodbyes and things, which is yep. always always a little easier. I feel, but. Um, yeah, what what a career, what a life, and um, and he will definitely be missed. Uh, we are going to talk all about the games this week. We're going to talk about Arkansas beating Auburn. Brian Harson now with a loss to every SEC West team under in, in his tenure. Um, we're going to talk about Florida, Georgia, Ohio State, Penn State, Kentucky, Tennessee, 
Tennessee looking like the real deal. Uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Maybe hmm. even the uh, the Louisville upset over number 10 Wake Forest. And mm. probably wrap it up with another Texas A&M loss, this time to number 15 Ole Miss. Three and five. Not looking good for uh, bowl eligibility. So Hey, same as Auburn. Yeah, yeah, not looking good there either. So we're going to talk all about those. But before we do that, I thought we'd just get started with a little, a little mismanagers. How about it? Mm, yeah. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad. Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had. Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers. Audacity and specialty and news to drive you mad. It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world of, world of mismanagers. Alright, that's a little spooky song. That could be a Halloween song, you know, the mismanager theme. It could, yeah, it fits great. Good. All right. Well, we had some weird news this week. Um, we're going to do some spooky news in a moment. But first, this comes from the Washington Post. A woman was killed and swallowed whole by a 22-foot python. Man, I saw that. Old uh, grandmother. Yeah, she wasn't that old. Only only 54. But she left her oh, home well, for guess... work. Yeah, left her home for work as a tree tapper in an Indonesian rubber plantation on Sunday morning. Oh, but she kind of went missing. Nobody knew where she was, and they ended up finding her in the belly of this giant python. Yeah. I mean, she was somewhere in South America, right? She was in... Uh, she's Indonesia. Okay, Indonesia. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Said the first not the way I'd want to go. Was, no, absolutely not. The first sign that something was up was they found her missing sandals, jacket, headscarf, and knife on the forest floor. Second sign was a heavily bloated snake encountered by a search party looking for her that morning. During the search, the team found a giant python measuring 7 meters, 22 feet in length, which we suspected had preyed on the victim. Um, they ended up, I think they ended up cutting her open. Yeah, this, the search team killed the reptile, sliced open its stomach, where they discovered Jabra's remains completely intact, swallowed her whole. Uh, victim's mm. body was not destroyed when they found her inside the stake, meaning she'd only recently been swallowed whole. Crazy stuff. Mm. Uh, they say they usually prefer not to attack humans. Instead, they feed on smaller animals, which is uh, makes this even more crazy, strange. But they do yeah. sometimes become prey. Yeah. Wow. Scary stuff. Speaking of scary stuff, how about some weird Halloween news for you, Justin? All right. Uh, this comes from the, the Beaumont... Beaumont's Umont Enterprise. Weird Halloween news from Texas. All right. Texas has some stuff going on. Let's see what they got here. Halloween season is almost over, and Texans witnessed some strange situation this spooky season across the Lone Star State. From a pizzeria's Jeffrey Dahmer-inspired pizza pie. That sounds horrible. The person yeah. caught on camera stealing a, a giant skeleton yard, uh, yard decoration to the wedding of a ghost bride. Here's a recap of the most unusual Texas Halloween headlines in October 2022. Capital Pizza in Lubbock uh, created a pizza prop called the Jeffrey Dahmer Special that would be, to be displayed in the restaurant this month, inspired by the new Netflix series focusing on Dahmer's murders. The fake pizza decoration featured fingernet, or fingers, eyeballs, and fake blood, and many customers uh, criticized the action for being insensitive to the family of the serial killer's victims. Yeah, maybe going a little bit too far. 
Yeah, maybe maybe just call it like you don't have to call it the Jeffrey Dahmer special, you know. Maybe you could call it like the cannibal pie if you just really wanted to do it. Well, you gotta or just do like a, a zombie pie or something. I don't know. I mean, something more yeah. generic. Jeez. I mean, it's doing what they wanted though. They wanted free press, and that's what it's getting. They get some free advertisement that's true. here. So crazy, crazy stuff. Haunted Gamblestone Hotel holds wedding reception for infamous, famous ghost bride. Um. Considered one of the most haunted hotels in Texas, Hotel Grand Galvez on Galveston Island honored the star of its most famous ghost story with a very belated wedding reception that was open to guests. According to the legend, a bride named Audra was to be married in a hotel but took her life after she was mistakenly told her fiancé was lost at sea. Following the events, hotel guests and staff have reported sightings of the ghost bride. Interesting. That could be a little insensitive too. If, they, if she was actually, if she actually killed herself, if that's if that's where it's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Texas grandmother left a Ouija boards for funeral guests to keep in touch after her passing. Uh, Jody Perryman was diagnosed with cancer this year, but before she passed away, she created paper Ouija boards to be distributed to guests at her funeral. Her granddaughter posted a picture of the boards after the funeral, which included a message from Perryman saying, let's keep in touch. And said it made everyone attending laugh and remember her grandma fondly. That's fun. That's good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A woman steals a 14 foot skeleton decoration from Austin residents front yard in the middle of, of the day. After a woman stole a large skeleton Halloween decoration from the front yard of a home in the middle of the day, the homeowners released a video showing her committing the theft and asking for help identifying the person. Uh, the black cat decorations in the front yard caused a Labrador to freeze in fear. One Texas Labrador didn't appear to be taking any chances crossing a series of black cats. Got a little spooked. Would not uh, go around. That's not. That, how is that a story? How is that a, an article? Uh, a dog is scared. Sounds like... Anyway. Yeah. They ended Boo. it on their weakest one. Boo. Uh, anyway, it's crazy. I feel like the Python's still much crazier than all those, for sure. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this lady probably took the same, you know, uh, took the same pathway and everything. She goes to work and comes back home. So, I don't know. Maybe she's like, hey, I'm going to try to pet this guy. He looks kind of friendly. Oh, swallows her whole. <laughs> Surely she Hey, that, that's... Uh, that snake won't have to ever eat again. No, because it's dead. That snake's but, dead too. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. Oh, I didn't know they killed it. Yeah, they had to get the woman out. Oh dang! I thought it had kind yeah. of just gotten away. They just said, "Ah, oh, it's fine. <laughs> Let it's it fine. be." <laughs> I mean, when it's you think about it, though, snake, too. We're just gonna leave it alone. But I mean, it's out in the wild. I mean, it's not the snake's yeah. fault. Uh, the snake's no. just trying to live. It's trying to survive. Yeah. It's a terrifying. Sounds yeah. terrible of me, but I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> if you're out in nature like that, you know, it's bound to happen. Yeah. It's like me going to Africa. I'm just going to walk around, go, you know, with the lions and everything. Like, oh, hey, buddy. I guess the difference here is that she was just walking to work, you know? You don't expect, <laughs> like, what if you were walking to work and then, like, a thousand, you know, crows just flew out of the sky and pecked you to death? Would that be considered well, like, well, it's just nature, you know? I mean, good thing I don't walk to work, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got to save from that. Okay, well, uh, we need to take a break, <laughs> but when we come back, we're going to talk all about the 
the games of the weekend. I didn't get to watch a lot of these, so it's going to be a lot of Justin explaining to me what, is, what went wrong for a lot of these. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Happy Halloween, everyone. Welcome back to the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, Justin Knight. Hello. All right, Justin. Let's get into all the crazy college football games of the weekend. We had quite a few upsets as well, but I figured the one game we're going to talk the most about that we need to make sure we have enough time to talk about is the one we'll start with. Let's talk about Arkansas's beatdown of Auburn, mm. 41-27. to Brian Harson now yeah. with a loss to every SEC West team during his tenure at Auburn. I did not get to watch much of this game. I, I peeked in a little bit uh, in the fourth quarter when it was already over. Um, what what happened? And did all were Auburn's points happened? pity points? Did they just score uh, at the end? <laughs> yes, those were pity points. Because okay. I believe we came, we went down thirty-eight, uh, th- yeah, thirty-eight, thirteen, and then we kind of had some crap points there at the end. Uh, you know, first half was fine, seventeen, um, thirteen. I thought the defense was okay. We kind of held the rushing game; they'd only had seventy rushing yards. Um, offense had been moving the ball somewhat all right. Um, run game; I think we had rushed for like one hundred fifty yards in the first half. Not, not really anything the passing game, which is no surprise. We, I mean, we can't block long enough, and then Astrid's not a throwing quarterback. He's basically a running right. back back there. Um, and we really just have – we have Schinker at tight end, and then we have Javaris Johnson, really the only two guys I want to see the ball thrown to. But now I will say Camden Brown, who's a freshman, he looked pretty good. He had a really good touchdown catch and a couple other good catches as well. But, I mean, it just comes down to, once again, doesn't seem like – it's a lot of coaches aren't preparing the players as well as they should be. Um, the defense is, gosh, the run defense is horrific. I believe it's the worst, probably the worst in the SEC. Um, it's bad. Uh, I don't think we really have a lot of depth. And the problem is we have the same D line out there and they just get pushed around and they get worn out. Linebackers were low. We have one linebacker, I can't think of his name right now, number 32. The dude's awful. It's terrible to watch. Um, Cam Riley is someone who's pretty good, but he's been dealing with injury. Papo's been pretty solid his career there, but hadn't really done much this season. And then the DBs aren't very good. DJ James is pretty good, but that's about it. It's it's hard to watch. Um, I don't really know what to think at this point. Like I said, it's just it's basically 2012 all over again. It's been 10 years, so I guess every 10 years we'll have a three and nine season. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. The offense is hard to watch too because there's no pass game. Um, yeah. And the old line's not going to be able to block. A tank and Ashford can only run around so much. Tanks, I thought Tank still looked pretty good. I feel bad for the guy because he's an incredible talent and he's had to deal with this crap, you know, his three years there and even worse this season. I mean, well, I, I can't imagine if about... he was if he was a, a good program with a great O-line. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the things going on at Auburn surrounding this game, outside of this game in particular, other things going on. There have been so many transfers this week. I can't remember how many there have been at this point. 
um, off the top of my head. I'll have to look that up in just a second. But I think it was like 10 of 18 of the 2021 class is gone now or something like that. You know, so um, outside of that, though, uh, Mississippi State's athletic director, John Cohen, supposedly in line to be Auburn's next athletic director. That to me says they may be about to make a move on Brian Harson, maybe firing him or you know telling him he, this will be his final season as the coach. I don't know. Um, well, my thought on is... The, on the portal thing. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say really quickly, I thought on the transfers here that Colby Wooden, a defensive tackle for Auburn, he had a good quote on this. Um, he was asked about it in a, in a by the press. He said, I don't think it has an impact on us but, you know, no winning team has that in the middle of the season with players entering the portal. We've got to get better, just get better from the ground up. And that's true. This is this is very much a reflection of the state of the program that all these players are bolting for any other program they can get, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they figured. Yeah, 10 out of 18 is how many have departed of the 2020. Yeah, with the coaches. Class. Class. I mean, yeah. yeah, from what I've heard about Harson, you know, he didn't really take – his recruiting stance is very bad. Doesn't really put a lot of effort into it. Um, I don't think he's grabbed onto a lot of the Auburn people there. Um, obviously, we've seen that with them trying, with everybody trying to get rid of him at the start of the year. Um, I think there's some other things too that <laughs> just it was never going to work from the beginning. I guess the, his approach to some things. Um, yeah, I feel bad for the players, especially the guys that have been there for a long time. It's ones that came back for their senior year, like Derek Hall, I believe Wooden and Papo. Um, you know, I feel bad for those guys because you know they give their all every week and at practice and for the games, but it's only so much you can do. And you know, it's I don't know, it's hard to see when you know Auburn's got good history and foot you know football program, and now you got crap like this where. Couldn't really get anybody hired after firing Gus. And sadly, this was what we were left with. I thought it would work out. It didn't. It was terrible. And we're seeing it now. So the process now is, since we've got an AD, need to go ahead and fire Harson at this point. There's absolutely zero sense in leaving him the rest of the year. Just get an interim head coach in there, make Etheridge the interim coach, and then go ahead and start your process of kind of reaching out to coaches' agents and saying, hey, What's your interest, Tom? What do you think your client's interest is at Auburn? We've got to start picking up the pace here because I believe um, sign, the signing date of December is what, like December 4th or December 12th, something like that? It's around that time, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we got to have some pieces of the puzzle moving and put together by then. And the thing is, like, it's not its not even fun to talk about these Auburn games. It's the same thing. We say the same thing every week. It's, you know, it's the same mistakes that are, that are keeping Auburn the way that they are um, and you know, three and five bowl eligibility, almost out of the question, um, you know, likely very possible. They almost, they finished the season with one sec win just over Missouri. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that's, I thought it was, I, I think I thought it's maybe they'll win two more games. Maybe probably one. though. Uh, yeah, probably just one. And that's a Western Kentucky. If that, um, yeah, no, I thought <laughs> it was funny too. Cause we had, We'd beat Arkansas six times in a row, and of course they finally decide right. to win one. And they want to—they were poking some fun on social media, which I thought was funny. Um, but 
Yeah, it, the atmosphere sucked. So you could tell on TV. I mean, everybody was obviously gone by the third quarter. Once Arkansas, right. I think, went on fourteen zero in the third quarter, and you've heard I've heard people say you know, the atmosphere is the worst they've seen it. It's terrible. Which I mean, I can't blame. Them. I don't even know why people would pay their money to go to that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so yeah, I don't really know what you do from here. I, it could be one of those things where. If you don't get a good hire here again, then we're just stuck in the mud for a long time. Yeah. I wanted to save this for TGMEs. We'll bring it up again shortly there. But Brian Harson's press conference yesterday, very weird. Did you watch any of that? No, I just saw the quotes of some things he said. Someone brought up something about how the defense didn't look good too. And he said, well, I don't know what it, what it was he said, but it was, it was kind of a very ignorant comment about the defense. Yeah. Um, he showed up an hour and a half late to the press mm, conference. Uh, I think he's he's notoriously kind of late to those, but this was by far the longest. I think it's the it broke a record for the longest time between a game and a press conference without there being some kind of weather delay. Um, <laughs> just kind of crazy. But um, yeah, it was it just seemed he seemed kind of disinterested, like he was almost disassociating from from what was going on and and hold on i'm gonna pull up some quotes here he was asked this is a tweet by justin hawkinson brian harson was asked a valid question on how the team quote gets back on track unquote after today's loss harson responded grinning what do you mean get back on track it's just exhausting yeah. at this point <laughs> uh what do you mean by what do you mean get back on what do you what do you mean by asking that question i don't know what that means <laughs> you know, like i get i get what get back on track means i don't know what his question means in response. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously he knows what it means. He's just saying, like, what do you mean we're on track? We're supposed to be 3-5 and five right now. Yeah. Duh. But um, I don't know. I mean, he's not he's, – he doesn't seem – you know, I, I'm never going to call for anybody's job to be taken because that's just not my place. It's not what I want to do with this show at all. I know there have been a lot of people that have used their platforms to do that. And, that, you know, I get the reason for it. They're millionaires. Who cares? Uh, just oh, not yeah. something I'm comfortable necessarily with doing. But it's it's he doesn't seem exciting to play for. He doesn't seem to be a player's coach. And if you're not winning and you're not doing any of those things and you're not recruiting well, what are you bringing to the table? You know why? Yeah, why it seems like a job. Um. You know, even with how boring Gus was and everything, too, the dude somehow found a way to recruit well, even though he couldn't recruit a line, but he could recruit other talented positions. And obviously, you know, not much came of it majority of the years. But, you know, yeah, if you're not exciting, but then you can't even recruit either. And then there's just kind of like a barrier as well as a coach. I mean, it's it's not going to work at a power, you know, at a power five. Obviously, he had success at Boise State. But Boise State, yeah, Boise State. But I mean, it's Boise. I, I would hope you'd have some success there. Um, so he should just go back there, enjoy his time there, go back to Idaho, enjoy the snow. Yeah, yeah, and it's like um, this is the full quote. I feel like I should say it about that tweet here. Uh, so he was asked about the team's mindset, right? He said they're defeated as, as far as you lose a game. I think it's the one thing, just so we're clear on it, 
Uh, you put a lot of work into it. I would hope no one's happy about losing a game. Simple as that. You put a lot of time and effort into preparing yourself. We know we're not guaranteed a win, but, it, but if it's not painful when you lose, then you've got the wrong people. I'm assuming what they mean by getting back on track is everybody. We've got to play good football. That's really what it comes down to. We've talked about that for a long time. We talked about it all last week as well. We emphasize that, just playing good football. Taking care of the fundamental, or taking care of the football, tackling, blocking just the fundamentals of the game. Everybody's assignment sound. Us as a staff, putting our guys in position to be successful, having the right guys in the right spots. Obviously, from the outcome of the game, nobody's going to feel what we did was good enough. I think everyone is in there is hurting, which we should be when you lose a football game and one against the team. We felt like we had a lot of preparation into preparing. We prepared ourselves, put a lot of preparation time in, and wanted to play better than we did today. So I'd say frustrated. We've got to go back to work, so there's things we know we can do better, and we need to get, uh, have to do in order for us to be better prepared and go out there and play better football than we did today. I mean, it's just, yeah, and I, you know, what can you say? There's only so many ways to say that you've lost a game. You know, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But it's just when you're hearing these things over and over and over because you're having to say them over and over and over, it gets exhausting and it gets wordy. And it's, it's defeating watching your coach talk about how you're not good enough. He literally said at one point, he was asked to sum up the season, he said, quote, we're not good enough, unquote. Mm. And yeah, they're well, not. And I don't think it's a personnel issue. Maybe you should issue. recruit better. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I don't even think it's a, a personnel issue. Uh, it's Obviously, it could be better. But it's it's obviously, you know, there's something wrong with the foundation of this program right now. And yeah, see, my mind, change. you would think at the end of you know last season, he would have pushed hard maybe to get some transfer linemen in there, you know, maybe some, I mean, he pushed, he got a lot of people in the secondary, maybe some more D linemen as well, but it just didn't happen. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, at this point, it is what it is. You know, we, we kind of saw this coming. I, I was a little hopeful to start the season thinking we could have a pretty good year. But, I mean, that changed drastically after watching the first couple games. Um, so, it's on the basketball. I believe basketball starts November 7th, and I'm looking forward to that. Well, let's talk, while we're talking about just teams, programs that are in shambles right now, how about we go over to the Texas A&M game? Also 3-5, and 1-4 mm. and four in conference play. Not looking good for the Yankees. I thought an interesting stat here the other day i'm gonna pull up on twitter this was by let's see okay this first one i've got a couple here but this first one is from kyle umlang texas a&m spent more on jimbo fisher in the last two seasons than the united states spent on the louisiana purchase mm, um, yeah insane to think about that <laughs> that's that <is> true <laughs> i know the louisiana purchase was a good deal but right insane right um we also got a tweet here. This is by Kyle Umlag. Uh, when all is said and done, Jimbo Fisher will have made $125,350,000 in salary, bonuses, and extensions as head coach of Texas A&M. If fired today, which you know that obviously didn't happen, that would be $3,387,838 per win, <laughs> 3 million per win, $5,697,727 per SEC win, Nice. Uh, Nine million over and over six hundred thousand for every SEC West win, 
and $13,900,000 per ranked win. Nearly $14 million per ranked win. Is that what you 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 thought you were going to get with Jimbo? Obviously not, but what do they do? I don't don't know that they can fire him. Well, here's, here's what they'll have to do. It looks like they found their quarterback finally because this Wayman guy went 28 of 44, 338, four touchdowns, no turnovers. He looked pretty solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you just kind of kind of make it through this season the best you can. And then last next season is the last straw. That's the best way you can put it. You, you've got the number one recruiting class. They're going to be going into next season. Um, going to have a lot of top talented players. If you can't have any success next season, then yeah, he's got to be gone. Because you're wasting all this money and nothing's happening. And hopefully at that point, they would be like, oh, maybe I should just hire somebody, give them like a two, three-year deal, just a little bit of money. Let's see if they can prove themselves. But even then, it's just it's kind of mind-boggling, unless you're saving or Sweeney, um, to get a huge deal like they do. I would only give most coaches like two to three years, not a huge deal, even if they have a lot of success in those three years, Maybe just a small bump because I'm still so afraid something's going to happen. I mean, look at Michigan State and Mel Tucker. They gave them a huge deal. Michigan State sucks this year. They're awful. Yeah. Um, they've re- they've resorted to fighting Michigan players after the game because they're so yeah. bad. That's, that's, they feel like that's their only win is to fight them in the tunnel. Um, We're going to talk about that so, too. Yeah, later. It's just it's such a risk with so many of these coaches. You give them this huge deal, and then they just tank. It is, and you're right, and it's. And they get these huge contracts because the people signing them, it's not their money, right? It's not the AD's money. Oh, and it doesn't care. It's, you know, it's boosters and things. So Also, I'll throw Kirby Smart in there, too. He's Those three are really the only three I'd give a huge deal to. Right, yeah. Kirby's, Kirby's proved he's worth it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, Jimbo Fisher's been kind of exposed. He has no excuse for not being better than this I mean, come on. significantly. He, he's... Know? He's just a little bit better than Gene Chizik. Let's be honest. Yeah, I agree. He was. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to win another national championship. I don't think that's a big stretch no. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he won it because of Jameis Winston, and yeah. and barely won it at that. They shouldn't have even won that game as an Auburn fan and watching the game. <laughs> they had no business winning that game. Um, so really, he should have zero, but he got that one, and that's the only one he's going to get. If they want to fire him without cause, or with cause, sorry, and not pay him, they probably, you know, there's a chance they could. Like, it's, if if they went and they found some some stuff going on with, um, with NIL deals and how they are being used possibly illegal, illegally there, we don't know if that's the case, but there's a lot of, a lot of other coaches seem to have alluded to that maybe they are doing some things they aren't supposed to. If they wanted to do that, they could, but then you're saving that money, but you're putting your program possibly on probation and maybe outing yeah. some of yourselves, probably outing some of yourselves as well as boosters and executives. I don't think that's what the route they'll go. I don't think they want that stuff. And there may be nothing there. Like, we don't know for certain. He, he may be doing the same thing that every other college is doing. But it's oh, just yeah. when you're when you got four losses every year and then you're you know, and now you got five losses. What does the rest of their schedule look like? Let me pull it up here. Well, they're going to have a win against Auburn. Um, they have Florida. They've Auburn, got LSU. Mass and LSU. Yeah. 
So Florida, that one's going to be a close one, but I, they should beat Florida. Honestly, they should beat Auburn. I think they're going to, and then they'll beat UMass. I see them going either six and six or seven and five. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop either like one Florida or Auburn, one of those. I feel like they might split one of those. Yeah, and it depending on how LSU looks this week against Alabama as well. Um, I mean, I could see LSU beating A&M. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember, Texas A&M nearly lost to Appalachian, so they could lose anything. No, they they did. <laughs> oh, you're yeah, 17 to 14, you're right. They did. Yeah, they could, I mean, they may lose every game. You don't know. You may have to come in there and win. No, I mean, you don't, they, you don't know. So. They should be 2-6 and six because that Arkansas game, Arkansas choked that one away. I yeah. still can't believe they beat Arkansas. They, they're lucky they, they're not 2-6. and six. Just imagine – I mean, 3-5 and five is bad enough, but imagine 2-6 and six at A&M. Uh, people would be jumping off the side of the stadium. I mean, it's terrible. They're not, they're not far from it, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Let's move along then. Uh, well, let's quickly talk about Ole Miss in this game. Um, they, they're, they're fine. They're good. They're, yeah, they're pretty solid. I mean, uh, Dart, Dart, he's very good quarterback, 140 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, yeah, they're they're always going to be pretty good offensively. Defense probably yeah, needs as, a little, little work. Yeah, as much as I want that Ole Miss-Alabama game to be pretty good, I mean, Ole Miss defense won't be able to do Anything. Alabama's going to score sixty points in that game. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's their biggest weakness. But you know, it's hard to convince kids to come play football in Mississippi. Why would you want to? I wouldn't. But, I mean, the fans don't even care about football there. You know, the only time I'm going to Mississippi for my own choice is when there's a nuclear attack, and I know there's no major <laughs> cities in Mississippi, and I'll go live there because I won't get you know turned into a, I won't get microwaved. That's that's the yeah, only that's the only perk Mississippi has is well, it's the only state that probably won't get nuked, so we'll go there. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean Alabama's probably close too, but Alabama does have a couple of well, and Mississippi State probably has some bases there too, but I don't, I don't Mississippi, I don't really know. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you got Birmingham, you got Montgomery, you got populated places in Alabama. I'm not. Hey, I mean, you got Jackson, Mississippi. What do you mean? Yeah, well, I'll steer clear of Jackson just to be safe, but I, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty. If I have to pick a state to be in during a nuclear war, I'm going to Mississippi for sure. Yeah, you should be fine, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on then. Um, Florida and Georgia. Georgia looking dominant as usual. Eight and zero now, number one team in the nation, forty-two to twenty. Uh, Stetson Bennett was nineteen for thirty-eight, three hundred sixteen yards, two picks, but two interceptions. Um, yeah, he's he's yeah, solid, he's, but he's uh, yeah he's, he he's, he plays kind of up and down, you know. He's not he's not as he's not as good as a lot of other quarterbacks. In no, the I SEC, mean the course, but he's the hype around him is kind of crazy, but yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's an average quarterback. Um, he's throwing yeah. the ball better this year because they're letting him throw it more. But um, hey, Florida tried to hang in there. They were down, I think, twenty eight twenty, and then obviously got out of hand from there. But yeah, Georgia's got some weaknesses. Um, we'll definitely see next week how that pans out with Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see that too. Um, that's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. What is the what's the what is let me see what the ESPN predictor says for that game. It's gonna be a two thirty kickoff. That's so lame. Why is that not? Well, you, you knew it was gonna be the CBS. Yeah, I mean it's two two undefeated SEC East teams. Uh, they're giving. 
ESPN matchup predictor is giving Georgia a 74.9% chance to win, and Georgia is a nine-point favorite. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. And look, they probably will win, but I would love to see Tennessee beat Georgia. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's just going to, re- we'll see how Georgia, uh, I mean, Georgia's at home, which is helping them out a lot. Um, right. But, man, we haven't seen anybody stop the Tennessee offense yet. So, yeah. And, I mean, I think Georgia and Alabama's defense is pretty close. I'd probably give the edge right now to Georgia. But, yeah, I don't think Georgia's defense is as good as it was, obviously, last year. So, I don't know. I some reason, I feel like I, I might as well jump on the Tennessee train this year because this may be the only year they have. They keep playing like this, though. They're going to do well recruiting. So, it'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. Play. Well, see. I mean, just think about Heupel. This is his second year. Think of the difference yeah. between him and Harson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very different. Very different. And not everybody's Nothing. expected to have a year like this their second year, but definitely no. better than what Harson has, has done. Uh, let's talk about another another good, pretty close game. Um, number two, Ohio State beating number 13, Penn State, 44-31. to I didn't get to watch any of this, did you? Yeah, I watched a little bit. Uh, I mean, Penn State hung in there majority of the game, and then you know Ohio State kind of ran away with it. They scored. It was... 23-21, and then they sacked um, Penn State's quarterback, stripped the ball, and scored like the next play, and then it was just it was over from there. Um, Stroud looks great. I think the offense, Ohio State took them a while to get going, but they still look really good. Um, really, this is the best team they played this year since, especially since Notre Dame. They haven't really played anybody yet, um, so I'm not surprised to see them struggle. But they still they still look pretty good. Now, you know, between them and Michigan, I think that's going to be another good game this later this year. So we'll see how they improve throughout these next few games. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on them as for sure. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, a minute ago though, Tennessee beating down on Kentucky, forty four to six, proving they are pretty legit. Uh, that the Alabama win was not just a fluke. Uh, they are very capable, especially offensively. Uh, Hooker, 19 of 25, 245 yards, three touchdowns through the year. He also had a touchdown on the ground, too. They, they can score. They can score with just about anybody. So, very, uh, well, very talented offense. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Hyatt, the wide receiver, is incredible. I hope yeah. I hope he gets invited to um, Heisman presentation. I mean, I, I'd say he's at least in the run, and he's having a Devontae Smith kind of season. Um, he's been incredible. And then I, I guess I will say I was surprised to see how good Tennessee's defense was. I mean, giving up one touchdown, six points, uh, they played really well. So if they could somehow get that going next week against Georgia as well, they can have the whole package. They also had four sacks uh, that defense yeah. this game too. So eight tackles for losses. You mentioned Hyatt. Yeah, five receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns uh, coming from him as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been, been a pretty uh, – also uh, Tennessee had – they picked the ball off three times too. Forgot to mention that. So, wow. uh, yeah, they, yeah, this the team all around is very solid, very dangerous. I'm, I'm excited for that Tennessee Georgia game. I'm actually, I'm actually rooting for Tennessee. I hope they do. Gosh, I'm too. I, yeah, I would like to see someone different in the East make it to the SEC championship. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, be interesting if we get an Alabama Tennessee rematch. What that would look like too. So, uh, very. Very possible. That's the route we're gonna we're gonna be taking here. Um, 
as long as Tennessee can can hold off the Bulldogs. Not an easy feat by any means, <laughs> but he's done it yet nope. this season. So, uh, okay, let's talk. <coughs> sorry, let's talk about Oklahoma State, number nine team in the country, huh. having a historic, uh, uh, historic upset by number twenty two Kansas State, forty eight to nothing. I believe I read that it is the the largest or the largest shutout of a top ten team by a non top ten team in history. Yes, that's correct. Um, insane. 48 to nothing. How do you just get nothing going? I didn't get to watch this. I didn't even find out about this until uh, Sunday morning. When it's so embarrassing, especially to you see everybody on college game day picking Oklahoma State. But what's it's hilarious, too, because uh, what's his name, who was D.C. at Auburn last year, is now D.C. at Oklahoma State and just got flat out embarrassed today by Kansas State. Um, yeah, and the fact that you can't even put any points on the board. Nothing. Not a thing. You can't put nothing. I mean, it's, it's the most Oklahoma State thing to do. You know, they're when I read this, got, I, I assumed there was there was a thousand interceptions. There's only two, there was, but there was two fumbles. I guess that was also. Yeah. But they only lost one. So three three turnovers, that doesn't help. But that doesn't justify 48 to nothing on its own. Miserable. That's yeah, it's crazy. Um Rushing, they only Oklahoma State only had fifty four yards on thirty carries mm. as a team. Um, Man, Kansas State defense game to play because Oklahoma State's offense is pretty solid, especially Spencer Sanders at quarterback. He's pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, it doesn't add up. Doesn't make any sense, especially the way they've it looked doesn't. so far this season. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand what, how this happened. Like I said I didn't watch this. It is like it's confusing to me. Sometimes this stuff just well, happens, you know. Yeah, and another one for you, which I don't know if you're getting into it or not. Louisville absolutely whipping Wake Forest, the number ten co- a team in the country. Wake Forest had eight turnovers, eight. <laughs> yeah. You know how many they had yeah. in the third quarter? How many? Six. They had six turnovers in one quarter. How in the world do you let that happen? Oh yeah. So we, I, I was going to bring this up actually. So yeah, uh, Louisville unranked Louisville five and three. Uh, beating number ten Wake Forest forty eight to twenty one. Uh, yeah, you're right. So four of those turnovers were interceptions. Uh, four, of course, being lost fumbles. They actually had five fumbles, though. They recovered one of those. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, uh, yeah. How does that? It's just a crazy week for upsets or near upsets or. Yeah, a lot of, this is about that time. It's always it's it's really a little early. A lot of times this happens around Cupcake Week, a week or two before Cupcake. Week. Yeah, it does. And this is more of a, this is it's kind of early for this to have this much chaos so so soon. It kind of reminded me of um, what year was it? I guess it was probably twenty twenty eleven or twenty twelve when. Um, like Baylor had a huge upset, and Alabama was upset, and two or three other teams. It was just it was like upset Saturday. It was like three or four teams were upset. Uh, I think it may have been twenty twelve or or so, but yeah, yeah, I love I love weeks like this when everybody just loses their mind for no real real reason. It yeah. seems you know, good stuff. Uh, anyway, we do need to move on. We're running low on time here. Uh, we need to get into. Professor Knight, for the first time in a while. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? 
Uh, actually, I just wanted to highlight, I feel like this is the year of the college quarterback. There's a lot of okay. talented guys out there. So I'm just going to go through some guys, really any of them. I mean, it's incredible to see how they're playing. Um, Bo Nix, I mean, I didn't really expect him to have this kind of year, but it helps when you're in a scheme that fits you a lot better. And then you're playing Pac-12 opponents. That helps a lot. Uh, he's had 2,200 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, only five interceptions. And then also, he's running the ball very well. Um, his most at Auburn in a season was 388. He's already at 441 so far this season for Oregon and has 11 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's having a fantastic year. Um, so if he keeps it up, could possibly have a vote uh, to go to the Heisman uh, Trophy uh, ceremony. So we'll see. Another one, a freshman from North Carolina. North Carolina, also kind of a slow start, but... They look really good right now as well. Uh, this guy has thrown for 2,671 yards, 29 touchdowns, which is tied for first, and only three interceptions. Um, he's also running for 439 yards and three rushing touchdowns. And this is a true freshman North Carolina. Drake May looks very good. Uh, obviously, C.J. Stroud, he's looking very good as well. 2,300, 29 touchdowns, four interceptions, 71% uh, percent completion percentage as well. Then you got Hendon Hooker, who's only thrown one interception, uh, 21 touchdowns, 2,300 yards, and he's running for 338 and four touchdowns. He's got a 71% completion percentage. And the thing, let's see, this guy has thrown 833 passes in his college career. He's only got 11 interceptions. Oh, wow. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and then we got Caleb Williams, also having a great year with USC. Got 2,382. 24 touchdowns, only one interception, so not turning the ball over. And then running the ball pretty well, 249, three touchdowns. And then not as great as we were last year, but still having a good year is Bryce Young. I think he's at 1,918 touchdowns, three interceptions, and running the ball more. And we can see he has the athletic ability to able to move around in the pocket, which he didn't do as much last year. Um, and I think, I mean, it's just a lot of solid quarterbacks and – like I said, you're going to have Stroud, Hooker, um, and Bryce Young all going to the draft. And there's probably other guys out there, too, that are having pretty solid years. But, yeah, I just think a lot of it's been a great year for the quarterback. It's exciting to watch. It's what's good for football. Um, yeah. And then also, I was, watching, I was watching a game, another quarterback that looked pretty good was San Jose State. And when they, you know, they played Auburn pretty close, that dude looks pretty solid as well. Um, I think they're like five and two now, so they're having a pretty good year. But yeah, that's Seriously, it's, uh, my professor night was the year of the quarterback. Very good, thank you. Yeah, building off that, there are there are a lot of a lot of big names that that could make it to the Heisman race right now. You got C.J. Stroud, kind of a lot, there yeah. At Ohio State, Hinden Hooker at Tennessee, been you know been amazing. Caleb Williams at USC. Um, and then it kind of drops off a little bit from there with Blake Corum at Michigan, Bryce Young at Alabama, Bo Nix now at Oregon, maybe getting a little noise for Heisman. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I, you know, like we said, I'd, I'd love to see uh, maybe Hyatt get a look there at Tennessee. He um, should. Yeah. So we'll see uh, Jalen Hyatt if he's able to do so. But uh, his stats so far for the year, just Hyatt's just. So, because we mentioned them earlier, 45 catches, 907 yards, 20.2 yards per carry, 14 touchdowns. Those are, that's, that's solid work. So, uh, yeah, he breaks a thousand sure. yards. I think very likely he may get an invitation to at least, uh, 
be in New York uh, for that ceremony. So hopefully so. I'd like to see that. Uh, we do have to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to give out our weekly TG Emmys and uh, do some listener letters. So stay tuned. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to give out the sporting world's most prestigious awards, the TG Emmys. My name is Nick Norris, and with me, Justin Knight. Oh, good evening. All right, we have got to give out our awards. Some of these we've already talked a bit about, but I will go first. The first TG Emmy of the week. Most unapologetic, and this goes to Brian Harson's press conference. <laughs> we talked a bit about it hmm. yeah. earlier. It was weird. He was an hour and a half late. He made a comment that uh, did not sit well with a lot of people, making light of uh, a not getting back on track comment where he left and said, what do you mean get back on track? Um, yeah, just not a, not a good press conference, not a good look, and uh, especially after such a big loss, such a... Beating, um, yeah, and it's too. It right with me. I think that's what that's what hurts more is it's like these losses we've had against Ole Miss and Arkansas, who we've you know dominated the past you know few years, um, and then you get embarrassed like that in both those games so far this year. Um, yeah, it it, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Teams we should be beating, um, and then it's not even close, not even competition. But yeah, my award goes to uh, most clueless coach, and that'll be Brian Harson. <laughs> Um, he just can't read the room. And I don't know if he's just so hard-headed or obviously he's given up at this point because he know. I think he gave up before even the season started because with everything going on, I think he knew he didn't I have think, a chance. I, yeah, I don't know that he gave up before the season. I don't think that may be the case, but he definitely checked out chip on his shoulder and he was definitely a little, you know, obviously maybe a little checked out just because of <laughs> the stress of maybe almost being fired and hearing and having all this pressure. I think, I think he was done with it, you know? Yeah. Kind of just a little, not completely like, but just a little like over it at that point. And now he's a hundred percent over it. You know, he's, yeah. He's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows what's coming. I don't think he cares. He's getting his money and getting out of here. You know, uh, best of the week. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to, Probably Kansas State's upset over number nine Oklahoma State. That's just that blows my mind. I can't get around that. Yeah, incredible. All. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's got to be best of the week. Uh, bust of the week. You mentioned it in passing a little bit earlier. The scuffle in the locker room between Michigan and Michigan State after the game. What are you doing? You, the game's over. Why are you fighting? Why you know it's you lost. Get over it. Um, I don't get me wrong. I like an entertaining fight on TV and during a game or before a game, but afterward is lame. That's, that's just being, a yeah, that's lame. Yeah. Yeah. It's lame. So, uh, there's no honor there. There's no dignity. That's what you're resorting to. And you're just, you've been beaten. That's all it is. And you're not good at taking a loss or or reflecting or whatever. So, uh, yeah, thought that was pretty lame. So that's our TG Emmys. Of the week. Uh, we do have one more segment, though. We need to get into listener letters. 
Go get us, write letters, we're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you, and if you'd like to write us a letter, you can do so by sending an email to gamemanagerspod at gmail.com or sending a tweet or direct message on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod there on those platforms. This first letter comes from Gabe. It says, why does football feel less fun this year? Is it just me? Um, I don't think it's just you. I, I actually, I've, I've heard this from a few people. I've actually seen a statistic uh, especially in the NFL, why this may be the case. Let me see if I can find this tweet very quickly. It must yes, be an Auburn fan. Less fun to you? Yeah, it must be an well, Auburn obviously. Fan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> miserable. There's nothing to look forward to. But I don't know. I mean, because you have Tennessee, who's a top, who's top country uh, team in the country right now, and they haven't been in a long time. They look good. I think there's a. It seems like there's a lot more balance this year. There's so many good teams. You got Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee, still Alabama in the mix, Michigan. Um, so I, I I feel like it should should be more exciting because there's a lot there's a lot better competition so far this season. I think that's also. Um, I don't know if he's referring just to college or football in general, but I've seen some things about the NFL feeling down. And this is a tweet. This is actually from two two weeks ago, so this isn't quite current but on october uh, 17th matt desorbo tweeted something feels uh something about football feels off right sluggish that's because the first six weeks of fantasy scoring are the lowest in 13 years down 22 percent from last year we're seeing it in the prime time games there's a severe shortage of consistently high powered offenses yeah i I will agree the prime time games nfl have been awful i mean it's the worst i mean there's no offense um, it's so sloppy. I, I I agree with that. That's been those have been pretty hard to watch. Um, yeah, I mean NFL though is hit or miss. I feel like some seasons are exciting and some of them are just like, yeah, cool. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, there is a bit of that I think. But uh, good question. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're the only one that feels that way, particularly with NFL. I think um, I think there are some others that feel the same. We have another letter from James. He asked, "What Halloween monster would you pick to be killed by in a movie?" So if you're playing. I guess this means if you're starring in a movie, who would you like to be killed by as a Halloween? Halloween I think there's one guy that was killed oh. by. He's been killed by a Terminator, an alien, and a Predator in all three movies, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't remember um, who that is. But. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> a Predator. That would be cool. Yeah, Predator would be cool. One of those movies. I'd probably pick like a... Maybe like a... Something with an interesting kill. Like a lot of times Michael Myers has interesting kills, you know. So maybe like a Halloween movie or something over the top insane, you know. A giant spider. A giant spider. What was the name? Um, Yeah, you remember that movie Arachnophobia? Yeah, yeah. That's what you would do. So yeah, just killed by one of those spiders. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you, Gabe and James, both for the questions. Great questions. Uh, yeah. Remember, if you'd like to send in uh, a question or a comment, you can do so at GameManagersPod at gmail.com and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. That's all we have time for this week. We ran a little over already. Only, but, um, but thank you all for listening and uh, sticking with us, even though we didn't have an episode last week. We're going to try to be better about that 
uh, the rest of the season. So uh, thank you, and we will see you next week. Yeah, have a great week, guys. And hey, <laughs> War Eagle anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut, hut, hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.